Ministers to start with out of Galatians this morning. Galatians 6, verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. And the other verse will be 6, 10. That'll be this evening's verse. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. You may recall, either in this series or just from your Bible studies, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I don't think there's a preacher or a Sunday school teacher out there who hasn't done a lesson on that. Because there's good stuff there. Love and kindness, goodness and gentleness. We saw in one of our previous studies, in Galatians 6, 1 through 5, that such graces enable us to restore those overtaken in a fault. Doing so with a spirit of gentleness. Thus bearing one another's burdens, fulfilling the law of Christ. Bearing the burdens of others extends beyond meeting their spiritual needs. As we continue in Galatians 6, we find that it also includes addressing physical needs. Basically, as family, we take care of each other. Uh, one way people take this verse is to share with those who teach, sharing and financial support. It's the most common understanding of the passage. Those who teach and preach may be supported for their work and taught by Christ. In Luke 10, and as an example by Paul in 1 Corinthians, but that doesn't mean they necessarily always are. And this verse isn't really limited to just that concept. The fact is, we take care of all of each other. Uh, Paul's verse in Galatians, or in Corinthians 9, 3-11 says, Mine answer to them that do examine me in this, have we not power to eat and drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles? And as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas, or I only and Barnabas, have not we power to forbear working? Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? And who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox. On the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn, does God take care for oxen? Or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that planteth should plow in hope, and that he that thresheth in hope should be partakers of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, it is a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. And there's a whole lot of different ways that can be taken, which is the point of this morning, but that's what people couple with the other verse to go with just one side of it. First Timothy 5, 17 and 18 says, Let the elders rule well, that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the labor is worthy of the reward. And this is practiced by various churches and commented by other peoples. And the fact is that we should not hesitate to support those worthy. Keep in mind, when you talk about worthiness in comparison to Christ, how many of us are really worthy? To me, that's not really the point here. The point is that all are worthy of the charity of those around them because we should be loving and giving with everybody in our lives. Uh, those near and far, as written... Uh, about with the Philippians when talking about Paul. Philippians 4, 15 through 16 says, Now ye Philippians, 
Know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Those in Philippi weren't just taking care of their own. They said, you know, we got a little extra. Who else can we help? Hey, Paul, is there anything going on down by you? What can we help with? Because their attitude wasn't, what can we do for me or ourselves? Their attitude was, how can we help? Both now and in the future, as the Philippians did for Paul. Philippians 1, 3 through 5 says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So they didn't just do it when it was a new feeling, oh, I'm saved now, I'll be nice for a month. They continued to exemplify the fact that they had big hearts and that they cared for those around them. Philippians 4.14 says, Notwithstanding, ye had well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Verse 18 says, But I have all and abound, I am full, having received of Ephroditus the things which were sent from you, in order to rest sweet smelling sacrifice, acceptable, well pleasing to God. So again and again, Paul praises the fact that they were loving, giving group of people. So whether as individuals or as a congregation, we can support those who teach or those who are in need, whether part of the church or not, or those around us, whatever their needs may be. That's the way that Christ did it when he was walking the earth. And if we're supposed to be following his example, that's how we ought to be. We should be sharing in spiritual blessings. This is another understanding of the passage that we started with. Those who preach share spiritual blessings, just as those from Jerusalem shared spiritual things with the Gentiles. Romans 15, 26, and 27 says, For it has pleased them of Macedonia and Achia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are, for if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. This was just as Paul had the time to share spiritual blessings with the Corinthians. If you go through our Bible heroes, you'll see a whole lot of them giving rather than taking. As opposed to when you go through secular history, you see all the famous people taking what they can get. 1 Corinthians 9.11 says, If we have sown unto you spiritual things, it is a great thing. The fact is that we should make sure that we share in those blessings. We shouldn't just be, well, that was a great thing for me, I got blessed. No, we ought to be sharing the blessings, especially the blessing of the gospel. We can do this by full, by full participation in the gospel of Christ, 1 Corinthians 15.1 and 2. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Uh, we can keep this by application of the truth and principles to our lives. James 1.21 Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. In other words, you got your Bible, read it, learn how to live better, and then do so. First Peter 2, 1-3, same thing. Wherefore, laying aside all malice, and all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so, be, be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. 
again, he's saying, you know, the Bible's right here. You know that you can live better, drop all these bad habits, and live a better way. Just like babies look for milk, look for every drop of the Word of God that you can get your hands on. Certainly, we should share fully in the blessings of the Word that is taught as that is taught to us. It matters little whether Paul meant in those in the verse we started with supporting preachers or participating in what they taught or both. What we do know is that as Christians, we ought to be loving, giving individuals. That we've received many, many, many blessings that we've got more than enough to share of, starting with the gospel. We can share it with every person in the entire world that we ever come in contact with. And guess what? What we have received will not drop one bit. So what on earth would possess us to not share the blessing that we've received there? And there are many other blessings in our life that are the same way. The Lord blesses us with more than we could need. And I'm going to step right out on a limb and say he probably does that so we have the opportunity to bless those around us so they can see, oh, them Christians are pretty good people. Maybe I ought to see what this gospel of Christ thing is all about. Verse 10 is the next tab of this that we're going to pick, on later, pick up on this evening. Verses 7, 8, 9 I'm going to say for a later study afterward. We'll all see why when we get there. But at the moment, we're going to offer the invitation like we always do. And as we do so, don't just think about the invitation, but think about whether or not you're living that giving selfless life that Christ would have you to live. Are you a Christian because mom, dad, grandma, grandpa were a Christian, or because the Lord is in your heart, you love him, and you want to be like him? That's another one of them self-examination questions we can ask every day, not just when we're here. Along with the questions about the invitation, you don't have to be sitting in a pew to decide, man, I'm subject to that invitation. we got cell phones now. You can wake anybody up to respond to the invitation. But as we're here together today, we're going to have an invitation, and if it's time for you to become a Christian, or if as a Christian, you need your family to share some of their blessings with you, it doesn't matter what the need is. We're here, we're together, and we're going to have an invitation while we all think.